0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannon. And in this episode, we're going to talk about ways to empower underrepresented or disadvantaged groups in the workplace and look at tech to help level the playing field. My illustrious guest this time is Tiffany Pham, founder and CEO of Mogul, a leading diversity recruitment company. Praised by Sheryl Sandberg as the number one platform and referred to as the perfect business by Melinda Gates, Mogul is backed by investors SoftBank, Hearst Corporation, the founders of Comcast, LinkedIn Learning and Match.com. Tiffany is also the author of the Wall Street Journal best-selling book You Are Mogul and *Girl Mogul. A TV personality, Tiffany has been a judge on the TLC TV show Girl Starter and is a cast member on the History Channel TV shows The Machines That Built America and The Toys That Built America. In 2021, she became the face of Lexus, appearing in their More Than Intelligence TV campaign. She has appeared across advertising campaigns for Asana, Amazon Audible, Naturalizer, Dell, Captain Morgan, Visa, Luna, Bumble and Bumble and GoDaddy. Tiffany, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the HR Chat Show today.
1: Thanks, Bill. So excited to be here.
0: So beyond my wee introduction there, why don't you take a minute or two and introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: absolutely thanks so much again for having me i'm tiffany fam i am the founder and ceo of mogul and mogul is currently one of the world's leading diversity recruitment companies we ultimately have mogul the platform which is one of the world's largest resources for diverse talent and we offer talent solutions to our clients fortune 1000 clients as well as the world's fastest growing startups scale-ups IPOing companies Uh, We offer them talent solutions to gain access to our diverse talent through either a talent acquisition platform software solution or our diversified search services, which ultimately enable us to deliver fully diversified search services across engineering roles, executive roles, board roles. And with all of the millions of dollars that we generate, we then aim through our growth to then ultimately donate it back in the form of free educational resources to women and minorities need globally. So that's a little bit of Mogo and. Myself, I founded Mogo as mentioned, and I'm the CEO, but also I write books. You are Mogul, Grow Mogul, as well as am a regular TV personality across different TV channels like the History Channel and TLC. And excited to begin to be here.
0: Yes, listeners, that's right. We get all the top celebrities on the HR chat show. Uh, so Mogul is a growing HR tech company. Tiffany, and and uh, it has a talent acquisition platform, an online community, educational events, uh, and executive recruiting services. Tell me more about Mogul and and the challenges that Mogul's platform tries to to address, tries to help when it comes to uh, the those problems for HR professionals.
1: Definitely, um, Mogul is really helping to address a top of the funnel issue as well as all the way down to the bottom of the funnel, Uh, ultimately as we partner with companies worldwide to help diversify their workforces. Um, A lot of companies face a lot of issues with regards to recruiting in a way that's inclusive, that's comprehensive, and as a result, they end up with workforces that, despite their best efforts, end up non-diversified, that end up being, again, non-inclusive. And therefore, um, they run into issues that they really try to resolve, but they can't seem to know which resources to turn to. And so, Mogo, we've been at the pioneering forefront of this movement for quite some time, even before it was a trend, even before people realized it was necessary, it was important to their companies. Um, and as a result, we've been again kind of the leader in this movement for quite a long time. Uh, developing software that ultimately helps to resolve these issues by ultimately enabling a recruiter to be able to comprehensively source across diverse candidates 430 million strong in a database that ultimately is made up of active candidates and um, and these candidates can be filtered through leveraging diverse gender diverse filters to ethnically diverse filters to veteran status, people with disabilities, LGBTQ+. And so as a result of, again, all these filters, it enables our recruiters to really be able to be sure of their inclusivity. And thanks to some technology, too, that ultimately helps to overcome Other platforms constraints, it helps a a client, a recruiter to also be able to really ensure comprehensively that everyone that should have been considered has been considered across 430 million strong. That means, therefore, this software is really popular across the Fortune 1000 and many of the world's fastest growing startups now as they're recruiting, as they're scaling. And so it has an immensely high re- renewal rate across the pandemic. Um, there's been you know, a significant amount of popularity around this software, so we're really proud of it. Or else there's diversified search services. And that is where the problem we're helping to resolve there is that companies face the same issue that I just described in a way, but at the executive level or even at the engineering levels. And that is because... Um, At the executive level, typically these roles are 90% of the time found through networking. These senior positions are typically found through networking, but 85% of the time, these senior positions are held by non-diverse leaders. So when you think about executive level recruitment or, again, senior level positions, such as within the engineering realm or more ultimately you find yourself having to fix a broken formula. These executive recruiters inside companies have to ultimately deal with the fact that most senior positions are found through networking and again, found through networking with non-diverse leaders. So therefore a diverse leader uh, finds it extremely difficult to obtain these roles and executive recruiters have to, again, deal with this um, broken formula that ultimately makes us live in a world whereby it's going to take another 140 years before we reach parity at top levels as a result. So Mogo, we help address this by delivering fully diversified searches, leveraging our own proprietary now, as you've heard, superior technology in terms of surfacing diverse candidates. We operate off of a comprehensive diverse candidate database, as you've now heard as well, but we also developed an inclusive methodology that prevents diverse candidates from being leaked out of the process. And ultimately, as a result of also coaching some of the top executive recruiters from across the space, we then as a result have all these factors at the table that enables us to deliver fully diversified searches, ensuring that everyone that should have been considered again has been considered and ultimately cutting down timelines by 66% down to one to two months on average and being able to match or undercut any other firms in terms of fees because of all that we are offering and at an accelerated pace. Um, So this is what we're able to help solve too at the executive level and above. So between these two solutions, we do help solve a lot for companies with regards to their diversity recruitment efforts and really comprehensively address holistically their needs.
0: Okay, thank you very much. I want to chat to you a bit about uh, something that you're very familiar with in your earlier career, and that's um, the wider gig economy. Income statistics show wages and participation in the gig economy increased by about a third in 2020. And of course, it continued to rise in 2021. And this is partly because well over half of full time gig workers feel more financially secure. Can you suggest why it's important for for young women? who are starting out in their careers to seek out maybe a wider variety of experiences in different fields. Um, we've, we've spoken about this a lot recently on the show how it's important to get you know um, a, a wider skill set and uh, lots more experiences and, and how ultimately that benefited your career.
1: Absolutely. Well my story all has to do with family initially. My grandmother, she was this incredible Mogul herself, which actually obviously inspired the word mogul. Um, she was this amazing mogul who ran newspapers and and a number of businesses across Asia growing up. I wanted to be just like her um, because of the Vietnam War, um, even though, again, she was this amazing mogul throughout Asia. My family had to end up moving to Paris, France, and that's where I was born. And so my whole entire childhood, again, I looked up to my grandmother, this incredible woman who, again, ran newspapers, ran businesses, always working to provide others in need with opportunities, with information. And so um, I grew up in Paris, France, but then my parents worried about me, that since I was a minority in that time society, that I wouldn't have opportunities like those around me. So they watched black and white movies from America, fell in love with America as I was growing up in France. And then, therefore, by age 10, suddenly moved us from Paris, France, to Plano, Texas. And so I grew up in Plano thereafter, struggled so much, couldn't speak English at the time, tried really hard by watching TV shows, listening to the radio, hence the importance of this podcast today, and ultimately found for myself that the world around us could be so important for learning and education, um, even beyond the classroom. So I never forgot that experience and feeling. And um, ultimately, when I was 14 years old, that's when my entire life changed. My entire life changed as my biggest role model in life. My biggest role model in life, my grandmother ended up passing away young, unexpectedly. And so that day that she passed away, I made a promise to her that for the rest of my life, I would be just like her. I would follow in her footsteps. I would fulfill the same mission that she had had forever after. No matter how hard or challenging, I would do this and so as a result, um, again, given her mission of providing information and opportunities to those in need, that became my mission, too. And so ever since I was 14 years old, that's all I've worked towards. So then thereafter, I didn't have the money to go to college, but I saw a TV show called Gilmore Girls featuring a college on the show, Yale University. And in it, the protagonist ran the newspaper just like my grandmother had run so i jumped up going there all of a sudden and even though i didn't have the money to go visit the college i ended up writing a letter asking for a chance if they could just let me in i knew i could do this one day be like my grandmother and follow in her footsteps in the mission and then one day they wrote me back that they were going to let me in on a scholarship on a full scholarship and so i ended up there my first day of class was my first day i ever saw what a college looked like really and so I, I was there um, and ultimately tried really hard to be like my grandmother, ended up running that school newspaper, which actually ended up actually initially being in debt when I first stepped on board. And then I went around and spoke with all these people around you know, school and campus and, and the world and um, across any organization that would try to recruit me. I would actually ask them if they could um, ultimately advertise in the newspaper instead. And that became kind of my first interactions actually with HR professionals and ultimately built a lot of strong friendships from that. And finally what happened was that I brought the newspaper from bankruptcy to record profitability and within six months. And it helped me to show me myself that if I really tried to be like my grandmother, I really could. And um, And so then thereafter ended up Kind of going through the same steps, watching a movie called Legally Blonde, ended up seeing Al Woods in that movie go off to Harvard and kill it in grad school. And so even though I didn't have the money to go, again wrote them, asked for a chance, and they ended up letting me in on a scholarship. So I ended up there and um, at Harvard, just again kind of went through this journey of not believing not believing in myself initially, but then proving to myself that if I tried, even though I was in a, a room of mostly non-diverse individuals and therefore was one of the few women, minorities in the room that I deserved a seat at the table too. And so I learned to build up that courage in, amongst a room where I didn't feel like I belonged initially and continued to rise. And then thereafter, that's when I started to pick up the side gigs that you're referring to. I ended up working as one of the youngest executives at a company called CBS, which obviously is, is one of the largest um, companies in media, entertainment and news um, very much, again, continuing that um, same path as my grandmother um, had laid before me more obviously. But then more less obviously, I started picking up side gigs that could ultimately help me by learning the skill sets that I would need one day to start a company in general to really follow in my grandmother's footsteps and really bring her mission to light. So... I started taking on side gigs at night, um, outside of working for CBS. At night, I would work with the vice mayor of Beijing, uh, creating a venture together whereby we could collaborate to invest Beijing resources into U.S. talent. And ultimately, even further into the nights, I would produce feature films and documentaries with A-list actors and actresses always to try to push talent to the forefront that was typically not highlighted in Hollywood. So I became the producer behind the first North American feature film to ever feature a man with Down syndrome in the lead role, for example. So you can kind of see this commonality between my job and my side gigs of always trying to figure out a way to push talent to the forefront, Um, always trying to help talent out, push new talent to the spotlight. And so you saw that commonality emerge And then what happened one day was that I realized that I knew now through all these side gigs, a lot about how to start a company from CBS. I'd been learning ultimately how to, you know, develop deals, negotiate deals, strategize. um, And from my... Uh, time with the Vice Mayor of Beijing, collaborating. I was learning about international relations, and I was their global head of marketing for that venture as well. So I was learning marketing and branding, and then within productions of films, I was learning about content creation and distribution. So it was a lot about the different skill sets I was gathering to create a company one day. And then finally, what I realized I didn't know was product and technology. So at nights, even furthermore after my side gigs were done, um, at which all kind of worked out because they were part of different time zones, you know, from New York to Beijing to LA. As everyone went to sleep by 3 a.m. or so, it was free. And that would be suddenly my favorite time of the night when I would clear the kitchen table and teach myself Ruby on Rails. And after a couple of weeks, I built the first very ugly version of Mogul from teaching myself Ruby on Rails as everything was done throughout the day. And Um, And it was this incredible creation that I was so proud of, even though it was so ugly at the beginning, that first creation, I couldn't believe that it came from my head and become code right at my fingertips. And there it was live. And so I sent it out to all um, these young girls that had started to write to me because somewhere along the way, somewhere along this journey, um, some magazines had started to pick up on my rather unusual side gigs and jobs, including Forbes magazine. And they'd printed um, my name and my email by coincidence in their Forbes 30 and 30, like one of their first editions of this ever. And so when, as a result of they them talking about my side gigs and writing out my email address and making it available, I got so many letters, so many emails. And as a result, what happened was when I finished coding this platform that ultimately was the first iteration of Mogul that ultimately enabled talent to connect with one another, as well as ultimately connect to jobs and companies and learning, which Mogul still actually does to this day, um, it, uh, from a community standpoint, then what happened was, uh, as I sent it out to all these young women and minority talent writing me from all around the world, it exploded and become, it became one of the fastest growing platforms for diverse talent ever. And today it is one of the world's largest platforms for diverse talent, Uh, again, servicing over 430 million diverse candidate profiles and providing access to countless jobs across the Fortune 1000 and more. So that's a little bit about the story, of how I started Mogul and how side gigs were so essential to that. So really excited to see that the gig economy has taken off the way it has. And I hope the next generation really takes advantage.
0: How much of the great resignation and the scramble for certainly full-time salaried talent do you attribute to the rise of the gig economy since the start of COVID?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think COVID has really accelerated accelerated the world in the direction that it needed to move. And I believe that that flexibility in a role um, ultimately was necessary as ultimately um, people, especially diverse talent, needed a Place to feel like they belong, despite the constraints they might face at home in terms of caregiving, in terms of taking care of you know their children or parents or whatever it may be. Um, so, therefore, I believe the world moved in the right direction for talent, all talent, especially diverse talent. And so, as a result, that need for flexibility is what has, I believe, led to that rise in the gig economy. As now, people who you know have taken on um, the salaried jobs that they wanted to be in have taken on those jobs. And those who didn't want to be in those full-time roles now have the opportunity to now make their further demands, you know, to to continue in the flexibility that they've already experienced through COVID. Now, as a result, they have the opportunity to now make again demands on further flexibility, part-time roles, gig roles, side gig roles, and the world is listening for once. The world is realizing that people are the biggest assets. I think the COVID has really shown that, that you have to take care of your people and they will take care of you and your company. And so as a result, um, now people are really listening to their talent really carefully. And one of those bare areas where they definitely needed to listen was, again, that flexibility and catering to the gig economy.
0: You're going to be sad to hear this, but we're already running out of time uh, for this particular interview. So I'm going to switch things up for the next couple of answers. I'm going to challenge you to answer in 60 seconds or less. That's such a challenge. All right, we're going to give it a go. So uh, my next question for you is, as a very successful CEO and a bit of a celeb and and author of two books, what, what advice do you have for our listeners about how to achieve their goals in 60 seconds or less Go.
1: To achieve your goals, you just need to plan carefully, but with flexibility. So just think about what you want to do five years from now, three years from now, one year from now. Think about all the skill sets that you need to develop to get there. And then ultimately contact all the individuals that you think that you believe are great in that skill set. Make them your mentors. Contact them, offer to give to them, and ultimately see if By reaching out to 50 of these individuals, maybe 10 of them will take you up on your offer to help them, to collaborate with them. And if they do, you'll be in for a a treat of a lifetime, a true and incredible collaboration experience that should arise in a friendship and incredible learning across, again, the skill sets that will take you to your year one goals, your year three goals, your year five goals.
0: Next one, in 60 seconds or less, what trends do you see happening in, in the year ahead for HR and for talent pros?
1: I think with regards to HR, again, it's going to be about listening to its people and it's therefore going to lead us to an even greater area for diversity recruitment of more sophistication of even further uh, illumination of, you know, what is needed to truly diversify their workforces. And cater to their diverse talent throughout their workforce. So within Mogul, we're already seeing that trend of our clients who were once on the more simplistic side with regards to this, their diversity recruitment needs now being more and more and more sophisticated, you know, in terms of the granularity of detail, the analytics, the, the conversion. Um, we're seeing a lot of greater sophistication, which really makes me happy. And we're excited to deliver on that.
0: How can our listeners? Learn more about you, um, so maybe that's through LinkedIn. Uh, I bet you're on all of the socials, actually. So i will just let you you uh, share that information. Maybe you want to share your email address as well. And how can they learn more about all the cool things happening over at Mogul?
1: Absolutely. Um, thanks everybody for listening today. You can find me on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect and let me know on the message that you listen to me on the podcast. And um, I, of course, Tiffany Fam on LinkedIn. Uh, on Instagram I'm at my handle tiff t fam. So please feel free to follow me. And uh, furthermore, um, in terms of uh, then finding me uh, on email, I'm at tiffany.fam at onmogul.com. If you send me a note, um, my assistant will be kindly replying. And ultimately, I hope to set up a meeting together. If ever you'd like to talk further, tiffany.fam at onmogul.com. And then finally, in terms of learning more about Mogul, feel free to go to onmogul.com slash for employers. I believe it's for employers. Oh, I believe for underscore employers. So almogo.com slash for underscore employers will lead you to the demo page and will enable you to connect with our partnerships department, which obviously is very excited to show you everything we have to do at Mogo and how we can help you.
0: Awesome. For underscore employers, listeners, I hope you got that. And I'm sure there'll be links in the show notes as well. Hey, Tiffany, that just leaves me to say for today, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show.
1: Thank you so much, Bill. It was so much fun. Thank you.
0: And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.